Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. Hello, everyone, and welcome back to Pop Culture University, where we talk about what is going on in pop culture and see what we can learn from it. I'm your host, Patty Eminger. You may know me as Patty Pop Culture from TikTok. If it's your first time here, thank you so much for coming. Take a seat in the classroom wherever you would like. Anyone and everyone is so welcome. If it is not your first time here, thank you so much for coming back. I love you. I stand you. I'm in your fandom. You guys, this is the first ever episode I am recording on my new MacBook. It finally came in this week. It's the MacBook Pro 14-inch. I was debating getting the 16-inch, but, you know, I'm not a size queen, so it's okay. It came in today, and when it came in, it was, like, storming the house down because that's all it does in the Midwest, and the delivery guy came to the door, and my dog gets so anxious when there's a storm, and she must be touching me at all times, and she's so crazy and running around. I was about to say the S word, but thanks to Lizzo and Beyonce, we cannot say that. I'm not going to say the S ableist slur um she was being extra as fuck and the delivery guy came in like needed me to sign something for it and he couldn't open the door without my dog trying to like run out of the house and i couldn't get her in my arms because she's a giant pit bull so signing for this goddamn macbook was a struggle and then i went to the gym after and then i got back and i was like oh my god time to open my mac i'm so happy like best day ever and then right when i walk in the door my dad hands me an envelope and he was like this is yours and I opened it and it was my first due student loan payment. I was so mad. I was like, can I just be happy? Can I have just like five seconds of rejoicing? Anything? I literally hate dealing with bills. Obviously everyone does, but money and paying bills, like I'll pay them and everything will be on time and perfect. But that shit, I don't know why it like triggers me. Like I don't want to do it. I hate even thinking about it, talking about money and bills. It triggers me. Actually, I don't get triggered. I stay triggered. I'm constantly in a state of just being triggered. But can you believe the government had the audacity to actually ask me to pay back my loans? They had the audacity to send me a bill? I thought they were just gonna be like, ah, never mind, you know. We're not gonna follow up on this. They really did. Something else that triggers me is all the topics this week. So let's get into it. We're gonna do a VMAs recap. And oh my God, you guys, the VMAs is really... The busiest night in pop culture. So there's so much to go over. So much tea, drama. Like, prepare for this drama because it's insane. And then we are going to talk about Britney Spears telling everything she has not told us yet about her conservatorship. And it's really like the final nail in the coffin for her family. And it is crazy what she told the world this week. And then we're going to talk about all the drama with Harry Styles' new movie, Don't Worry Darling. And it is a mouthful. The tea is boiling today. People are getting canceled people are over hashtag this person's over hashtag this person's over this person is just getting started this person's on top of the world so let's get into it before we do if you can just rate this podcast five star on spotify apple podcast tell a friend about it don't gatekeep this podcast tell your friend how amazing it is screenshot yourself listening to it post on your instagram story tag me and i will hit you up and without further ado welcome to pop culture university take your seats
this that pink venom this that pink venom get him get him get him get him that course really gets me they may have a hit on their hands there speaking of black pink you guys the vmas are my favorite night of the year and i hope they're yours too they're like the vmas are current pop culture that is where big eccentric career moves are made pop culture moments people calling each other out the highest budget performances you will see all year it's truly the epicenter of pop culture every year and it's my favorite night i can't believe i wasn't invited i was invited to the billboard awards and i was i looked so sexy did you not see me i killed the red carpet i killed sitting in the crowd and reacting and i don't get invited to the vmas but anyway it's fine so let's just talk about all the drama the VMAs opened with Johnny Depp. Yeah, none other than Mr. Newly Undefamed Court Case of the Year heavyweight champion, Johnny Depp, floating in the air in a astronaut suit. But he's not actually in the astronaut suit. It's just his face on a television screen. And he's just like doing like introductions after commercial breaks, just saying like random shit like, hey, I needed the work. Just like funny stuff like that. And I kind of knew this was going to happen because it got leaked to the press that this is going to be Johnny's like, not his comeback, but his like soft launch back into pop culture in a good light. And good for him. I think that's definitely a moment to get everyone's attention, kind of welcome himself back a little, you know, tip his, um, get his feet wet back in this world. But Amber Heard was not happy about him being there. He wasn't even like physically there and she was still mad about it. Sources say that she was absolutely livid and so disappointed with the VMAs for supporting her abuser. And then Amber Heard's sister said on Instagram, MTV, you're disgusting and clearly desperate. I really hope that none of the people who made this call have daughters. Hashtag DVMAs, hashtag I stand with Amber Heard. I feel like in the past few weeks, more people have been standing with Amber Heard. I saw some tweets saying things like how people are livid that MTV is supporting an abuser and what a horrible message to send out. Why give that arrogant a-hole Johnny Depp a spotlight at all? Some people think they are not really supporting an abuser, but they're supporting a victim of abuse and someone who was just defamed. So there's a lot of like going back and forth with it on Twitter. Um, But still, most people are on Johnny's side. So I'm sorry to Amber and good luck with that retrial girl. But for now, Johnny Depp is still winning in the courts of the public opinion. And, you know, he looked kind of sexy in that astronaut suit. So he's back in pop culture. Amber Heard is still excommunicated. She's on the island of canceled toys. Unfortunately for her. Oh my God. The next thing we're going to talk about, I just like saw it on my little outline and I got triggered. See, I'm, I'm constantly triggered. Oh, my God. I'm like that girl from The Sweet Life of Zack and Cody. What's her name? Not... It's like... It starts with an M. Maleficent? No, that's like a movie. I don't know. But the one who's just so anxious, she's going to have a heart attack at any moment. <laughs> that's me. Um, anyway. Young Gravy. Yeah. Young Gravy had a moment at the VMAs. He's out here getting real press, making real career moves. Does that make you question your life at all? Me too, a little bit. Young Gravy is out here performing at the VMAs pre-show. His song, Betty, Get Money. 
Damn, gravy, you so vicious, you so clean, so delicious. I don't know whoever said that, but... Oh, I know. Sherry Easterling. Because they went as each other's dates. And they were kissing on the red carpet, doing PDA more than Kourtney Kardashian and Travis Barker. They were doing cross-generational PDA. When I saw them kiss, it was literally a jump scare. I fully fell out of my seat and was like, oh! Ah! Not okay. If you don't know who Sherry Easterling is, that is Addison Ray's mom. Addison Ray's 42-year-old mom and Young Gravy is 26. Now, I originally wanted to hate on Sherry Easterling for, you know, going after such a young man just to like have her moment kind of but if you think about it, Kim Kardashian and Pete Davidson, they had a really similar age gap. Kim was about to turn 42 and Pete was 28. So I'm not going to sit on uh, here and hate on Sherry Easterling for the age gap. Good for you. I love that age gap between you guys. It's not embarrassing because of the age gap. It's embarrassing for Sherry Easterling because she's putting her daughter, Addison, through all of this just for clout. And Addison has been going through so much with her family lately. And Sherry, as her mom, seems to not give a fuck at all. She'd rather be famous. And she's getting clout from Young Gravy. It doesn't even look embarrassing for Young Gravy. This is making him look good. The two of them started to flirt on TikTok. Like, this isn't random, them going as each other's dates. They start to flirt on TikTok. And Young Gravy said that he was into MILFs. And then on the VMA's red carpet, he said, quote, I'm into MILFs. And she's kind of the queen of MILFs so i figured it was a perfect match if i'm ever called the queen of dilfs or the king of dilfs that is the last day you'll ever see me like don't have an age gap relationship and constantly make it about how much older the person is don't say i'm only into them because they're a milf that's weird and that's like insulting like my boyfriend's nine years older than me but i wouldn't i don't ever make a comment about Oh, haha, ha, you're, you're older than me. You're a Delph. Daddy, Delph. I'm only into you because you're old. Fucking weird. Like, he's, like, fetishizing her and very open about it. I don't like that. Um, and meanwhile, Monty Lopez, as we know from previous podcast episode, is cracked out trying to get Young Gravy to fight him because he's with his ex-wife, Sherry Easterling. That's Edison Ray's dad, who is, like, fully on crack, posting up a storm on tiktok um looking like that guy at your local corner begging you to put some money in his mcdonald's cup he divorced sherry easterling and has been slandering her name all over tiktok because they kind of both got famous with addison as she came up but fame has like literally destroyed them they each want to be famous on their own and apparently they're both using young gravy young gravy for clout because Sherry wants to date him and Monty wants to box him and won't stop posting TikToks about how Young Gravy is such a pussy. I want to box him in the boxing ring. So Monty Lopez responded and he said, quote, oh my, just fucking brace yourself for this. He's insane. This is why I'm calling him a crackhead because he's just an asshole. He's a ch- trash human being. He said, thank you, Young Gravy, for taking the leftovers. I would rather spend time with my daughter and two grandkids than Sherry Nicole because she made me abandon them as a child in order to be with her. Never let a woman make you choose between her and or your blood child. 
So basically, Monty Lopez is saying that Sherry is toxic and he made, she made him not see his grandchildren in order to be with her and he like ruined a part of her family and then he's saying that she's leftovers and he's happy that she's gone. Last week, he said that he's been blowing out Sherry's back for years and he had to trade her in. And I just think no matter what, the mother of your children is not a punchline, especially when those children are like eight, nine, and the oldest one is 21. So I just think both parents in this situation are so embarrassing. And Addison hasn't said anything and is just continuing to work on her influencer career. But I imagine she's really going through something right now and is just continuously getting more traumatized every day. And there's no way she didn't, you know, see her mom kiss him and do all their VMA stuff. And it just, it makes me feel bad that she has to watch her parents use the clout that she gave them and embarrass the whole family and degrade her career too. Um, but yeah, she's just continuing being an influencer and like posting brand deals and photo shoots and just not commenting on it. So what can we learn from this? I think her parents aren't helping her career at all. And what I've definitely learned from doing this whole pop culture thing and looking into pop culture so much is that there is 100% a such thing as bad press. There is a such thing as bad press. Your reputation isn't everything. You don't have to worry 100% what people think about you, but it is something. And you do have to keep an eye on it a little. Not all attention that you receive in your life is good attention. Both of these people, her parents just want to be famous and are doing anything and are making fool of themselves to keep that clout going but it's actually just ruining both of them and their careers are going to be very short-lived they're thinking very short term and their reputations are getting absolutely destroyed and they're bringing their daughter down too who has done a lot to build up a good reputation for herself especially being a tiktoker who's you know kind of told that you have a bad reputation oh you're just a tiktoker you're not you know, of value. Addison's been doing so much to build up herself and her parents are just taking that down. I think that can apply to our lives because people like to joke about how any attention they get, whether they go out or they go to this place or with a boy is good attention. It is absolutely not. Not all attention that you'll receive in your life is good attention. It may feel good in the moment and you may be doing something to fit in or uh, conform or be liked by a certain group of people, but not all the type of attention that you're going to get by those people is going to be worth it. And it's better to have no attention with a good reputation than a lot of attention, than a lot of attention for a bad reputation just because you want to belong or feel a little attention deprived. Sometimes it's just okay to step away from that. Now let's talk about Lizzo. Lizzo won the VMA for music video for good for her about damn time music video. And when she got up to the mic to accept this award, she kind of referenced Nicki Minaj's 2015. Now, back to this bitch that had a lot to say about me the other day in the press, Miley, what's good? She referenced that, and I just thought she was doing that to be funny. But apparently something actually went down between her and someone in the press. And now, to the bitches that got something to say about me in the press... say nothing they'd be like Lizzo why don't you clap back why don't you clap back because bitch I'm winning ho so what had happened for her to say that and to say big bitch is winning which I fucking love when she yelled big bitch is winning I was like in my living room by myself like standing up 
and chanting and being like, ooh, 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 ooh. big bitches winning. Like I was, she really made me get up off my seat when she said that. But even more after I heard why she said it. So a comedian named Aries Spears, I don't even know that guy. He's apparently pretty famous, a comedian. He made some comments about Lizzo on a podcast and he was getting some like uh, news attention in the press and everything. And I don't even know why he had her name in her mouth, but this is what he said. He said he can't get past the fact that she looks like the shit emoji because she's fat. And then he continued and said she got a very pretty face, but she keeps showing off her body like, come on, I'm sorry. Listen, I'm not the most in shape N word in the world, but when you funny and you got swagger and confidence and you're decent looking, I think I'm at least handsome. You get pussy. But a woman that's built like a plate of mashed potatoes, you're in trouble. I can't get past the fact that she looks like emoji. <laughs> Yo. Very beautiful girl. She's got a very pretty face. But she keeps showing her body off. Like, come on, man. First of all, if I had the power and I was the sole judge on the Supreme Court, I would literally have him sentenced to death immediately by five cleavers, like, twisting his head off of, off of his body. I think he's so disgusting. And the audacity for him to say that is beyond me. He was possessed by the most demonic form of Joan Rivers that is existing in hell. I don't know why the fuck he said that. And first of all, he said, but when you're funny, you got swagger and confidence. Lizzo is the funniest, has the most swag, and has the most confidence. Sir, you are just projecting. Can we say it again? He is projecting because he himself is fat. He's very fat. And I'm not saying that to judge. I'm just saying that because that is facts. Him and Lizzo are about the same size. Um... No shade. I love everyone of all all body types. But why is he trying to tear down his fellow plus-size person? He is projecting. He is mad that Lizzo is winning. He's mad that Lizzo is living the life that he would love to live as a plus-size person. He is mad that she has confidence that he'll never have. He's mad that she's achieving things that he never will. And most importantly, she's loving herself like he never will. So he is just projecting and it's so embarrassing and I'm so happy that Lizzo said that in her speech and just finished him. She says, I'm winning, big bitches winning, stay mad. And that's downright like misogynistic too. That's a, like a whole other layer of this situation thinking that she can't be plus size but he can and oh, like it's okay for him because he's still like funny and semi good looking. Good looking? No, you're not, sir. Take several seats. You're absolutely disgusting. If your comedian career relies on saying shit like that, you're not going to be around very long and you'll never see half the success that Lizzo has. So, fuck you, Aries Spears. No one knows you and the most press you're getting is by trash-talking her. So, if that says anything. Lizzo tweeted after the show, let me make one thing very clear. I wasn't addressing anybody in my speech last night. I was addressing everybody. So after everyone in line kind of thought she was addressing Aries, she was like, no, I'm just addressing everybody. But she probably just didn't want to give Aries the free press or like have anyone freely associate this story with him so he can just continue being a nobody. And I agree with that. And back to the last story, bad press. He's going to ruin his career way more than, you know, it already was before this. So what can we learn from this situation? 
Calling someone fat won't make you any skinnier. Taking down your neighbor won't take you any higher. In fact, it will harm you. You will burn your own finger poking someone else's fire. Um, life is not a zero-sum game. Uplifting someone will actually help you because the good energy will 100% manifest itself within you that you give out when you uplift people, give them compliments, be a good neighbor. That energy will come back to you and uplift you, uplift your spirit, soul, give you good energy and the universe will reward you for that and your energy will just go to a higher level and your vibration will just be higher and trust me that is 100% a fact the universe gives back what you put out and if you put out bad energy and you're projecting and you think it's going to make you feel better for a second trying to take someone else down it's absolutely not it's going to make you feel worse so next time I think we can also learn that next time before you maybe project, because we all project about many things. A hundred percent of us project. No one's innocent. You know that. You can probably name something you accidentally project about. Pay attention to what you're projecting. When you catch yourself about to respond to someone, catch yourself before you project and just think about it. It will tell you a lot about yourself and what you can heal from and what's still clearly bothering you and what you can put some more work into about yourself. I think monitoring your own projections is really important. I do that and I've gotten better at not projecting and like I'll be talking to someone and I'll realize I want to respond in a certain way because that response will like make me feel better about something that's irking me and that's a projection. And then we're like, no, Patty, like that's just a projection. Just have like a normal conversation. Just keep the vibes light and good. Like, You don't need to project. And then I'll like walk away from the conversation being like, I'm glad I didn't do that and make the vibes worse. I'm glad I didn't do that just to make myself feel better for a second. And now I know what's kind of irking me and what I can kind of like work on within myself. So next time you're about to project, just think about it and know you're not alone and it will lighten up every conversation. Okay, now let's talk about Bad Bunny because he is not only a bad bunny, he is a bad bitch. He won artist of the year. And he did a really great performance. And during his performance, he kissed his female dancer. But then he turned directly after kissing the female dancer and kissed his male dancer right on the lips on national television. And he is a Latin American artist doing that on global TV. So it was a big deal that he had a gay kiss on camera. Um, It's made so many news headlines of people being absolutely shocked because that's not something you really see every day. If it was a female musician kissing her woman background dancer, it would be a thing, but not necessarily like a really big thing. Some people were kind of giving him hate for it, saying they don't want to see that gay shit. I'm sure he got a lot of backlash from his like hetero uh, normative fan base and the homophobes, I'm sure, did not like to see that. But Bad Bunny has been a supporter of the LGBTQ community for a long time, he like protested against Puerto Rico's governor because the governor is like um, misogynistic, homophobic, and sexist. And he was calling him out for his anti-gay comments. And he's like dressed in drag in one of his music videos. And his whole vibe is just ending toxic masculinity. Like, why can't two guys just casually kiss? Um, and I think him doing that on TV was just so cool. And he's he he didn't do it in a way that was like queer baiting. He kind of just like said like I'm an ally and. 
I'm just trying to normalize straight guys doing this. He's not claiming to be like anything he's not. So, but yeah, why can't you guys just kiss on camera? I always like wondered that because straight girls do it all the time, but guys can't do it. And you know why? Because homophobia is still prevalent as fuck. You would be shocked. I know there's a lot of gay representation in the media these days, but it is still rapid out there on the streets. And someone as famous as him standing up for us, you know, me, and I know a lot of my listeners are LGBTQ+. It means the world to all of us, truly, that he's just taking that little step to be a visible, unapologetic ally. Um, he did get a lot of hate online, but he didn't apologize. He gave no fucks. He stand firm with the queers, and he really is an ally. And the whole night at the VMAs, a lot of queer artists won really big, and the VMAs are just getting gayer and gayer every year, and I love that the gay agenda is just really taking over the world at this point. Anita won. She was the first Brazilian to ever win a VMA, and I believe, Anita, I'm not quite sure, but is bisexual or pansexual, Um, but she's gorgeous. Either way, her performance, hot as fuck. Anita is like a firecracker. Like, she is so confident, so hilarious. She will go there. She'll talk about, like, sexual things and she is out there making men uncomfortable on stage with how confident she is and i'm obsessed with anita i want her to go so far luna's ex won really big for industry baby as he deserves and did you see his fucking outfits he's literally a queer fashion icon the one with the big like feathers was so sexy his body his chest i mean slam me on the floor and do whatever you want to me i'm seeing him on um on tour in two weeks and I'm literally going to do everything to get him to take me backstage. Dove Cameron won best new artist. And I mean, come on now, Dove fucking Cameron. I just promoted her music video on my TikTok, and the video was so successful. So I'm so happy that like, you know, I kind of gave her a good push on TikTok. but she's making so many feminist uh, empowering anthems and bisexual anthems. And it's just so great to see queer people w- clear people winning i want to be like lizzo and scream like queer people winning bitch that's what i want so anyway but yeah homophobia is still prevalent as fuck i got called a monkeypox spreader on youtube um i still get called the f slur i was at the gym not too long ago and i was in the locker room with a few other guys and they were like if you're like a queer boy you know it can sometimes be like a little intimidating being in the locker room with some straight man not knowing like how they're going to take you literally just existing next to them and my headphones were paused for a second but they didn't know my headphones were paused in the locker room and they referred to me as that f slur over there while i was just trying to like wash my hands so it's really like prevalent everywhere i get scared to like hold hands with my boyfriend when i go out um and everything like that like it's just so common and prevalent so all the queer people winning and all the representation is so important but let's move on taylor fucking swift we didn't even know she was coming until like 30 minutes before it finally leaked taylor is so good at keeping secrets who is her like does she have like an fbi swat team around her like she has secrets kept safer than the Declaration of Independence, safer than the Krabby Patty secret formula. She literally has secret service around her, but she came to the award show and right when she arrived, I knew what that fucking meant. She was going to win 
big and Taylor won video of the year for All Too Well, which was so deserved. She made a literal mini fucking movie out of it with Dylan O'Brien. I mean, come on. She deserved it just for casting him. And during her acceptance speech, she was like, thank you, everyone. And if you're going to be so generous to give us this award, I want to announce. And my heart dropped. When she said, I want to announce or I want to tell you guys something, you know something crazy is going to happen. And at this point in her life, I'm like, it could be anything. Like, it could be 10 different things. A a re-recording, a new album, a baby, a marriage. Like, what is going on? And she says, my new album comes out October 21st. And I jump out of my fucking seat, jaw on the floor, do a cartwheel, do a death drop, break my neck, die, come back to life. I was so excited. Someone tweeted Taylor Swift new album suicide postponed. And I was like, retweet literally me. Um, so yeah, it's coming out on October 21st and that's going to be like a really busy day in pop culture. That's going to be like a big orgasm day for pop culture fans and maybe a little bit of a shady choice for Taylor Swift because guess what October 21st is Kim Kardashian's birthday. Yeah, one of the inspiration for the Reputation albums, the woman who branded Taylor as a snake. It is her birthday. So I really feel like Kim is not going to be able to exist on that day this year without going online and just seeing everyone talk about Taylor Swift's new album. And I can't help to think Taylor did that on purpose. She probably did. Um, Something else going on that day is Harry Styles' movie, My Policeman, is coming out that he's already gotten some hate for, for what he said about gay people in that movie. So she's like shoving it in his face too and, you know, their exes. So I feel like they're kind of like more like amicable exes out of Taylor's exes, but she dropping it on that day too. So many people are coming out with albums that day. Maybe you are into one of these artists. Megan the Trainer. I love Megan and I, I am excited for her album. Carly Rae Jepsen. I love Carly and Arctic monkeys. So those people can compete for number two on the billboard Hot 100, but Taylor is getting number one. I hate when people say like any day that Taylor Swift makes an announcement or a day she's going to drop an album is a day, f- like a big day for annoying people. What does that even mean? Why are Taylor Swift fans considered an- annoying? Because we're in touch with our emotions because we're passionate I don't understand what that means. I think people are just haters. I feel like people feel some kind of internalized shame for being Taylor Swift fans. So they project that they don't like Taylor Swift and bully people who do. But in reality, they're obsessed with her. At the VMAs, Nicki Minaj like recorded a video with Taylor and was like, I'm here with the beautiful Taylor Swift barbs. You know you love her. We all love her. And it's true. There's fake Taylor Swift haters out there who just can't admit that she's the music industry and are really just obsessed with her and it's really embarrassing but um let me let, let's talk about taylor's new album this episode is definitely gonna be fucking longer we're only on the first kind of like topic here taylor swift news album is called midnights and she put out a really cute description of it it says we lie awake in love and in fear in turmoil and in tears we stare at walls and drink until they speak back we twist in our self-made cages and pray that we aren't right this minute about to make some fateful life-altering mistake. This is a collection of music written in the middle of the night, a journey through terrors and sweet dreams, the floors we pace and demons we face, 
for all of us who have tossed and turned and decided to keep the lanterns lit and go searching, hoping that just maybe when the clock strikes 12, we'll meet ourselves. Midnights, the stories of 13 sleepless nights scattered throughout my life, will be out October 21st. Meet me at midnight. I'm so hype. I'm so hype. October 21st cannot come faster. I'm going to like have a party that day or something. Um, I can't fucking wait. I feel like this album will be really personal for Taylor Swift. I'm glad that she's back to autobiographical music because for a minute we kind of like didn't really get an update on the story of Taylor's life. You know what I'm saying? She was doing these re-recordings, which are like old stories and then folklore and evermore were stories of like kind of this made up fantasy world with these different characters that she decided to write about. So I'm glad like we're kind of like continuing the journey of Taylor Swift that we kind of left off on on Lover. I feel like it's going to be really introspective. It's going to be like her relationship with herself more than her relationship with others. It's going to be, if I had to guess, the genre will be like synth pop and like indie folk mixed. Because I don't see it being two pop bangers with that description of, you know, tossing and turning in your sleep and fear and turmoil. I don't see it being too pop. I don't see it being like reputation. I think it's going to be kind of Wildest Dreams meets Mirrorball. This love and this is me trying. I see something like that. Mix of synth pop and indie folk. And I think it's going to be amazing. And I can't fucking wait. Taylor and Nicki Minaj had really cute moments the whole night, honestly, talking about them. Um, Taylor, when Nicki Minaj was accepting her Vanguard Award, which Nicki looked amazing for. Can we talk about her outfits that night? The pink, the branding was on point that night. The pink hair, the pink outfits, the cute little pink skirt that she had on when she was dancing. She looked so amazing. The colored contacts, too, were like a statement. Fierce. I saw her eyes and I said, that's a motherfucking queen with those white eye contacts. Usually I don't really like those, but I really did think they looked hot on Nicki. Taylor made everyone stand up. Taylor made all the other celebrities, not just the civilians in the crowd. She made all the celebrities stand up when Nikki was accepting her Vanguard Award. She motioned with her hands, get the fuck up out of your seat. The queen is accepting an award. And Dove Cameron and I don't even know who else was behind her. Jack Carla, I don't know. They all stood up for Nicki Minaj and Taylor's just so cute for that. And she was dancing so hard to Super Freaky Girl because Taylor Swift is a super freaky girl. Come on. But yeah. That's my VMA recap. I thought it was such a fun night. The VMAs definitely passed the vibe check this year. And I just had such a good time watching them. And I'm manifesting next year, attending and looking sexy on the carpet and seeing some pop culture happen in real life and maybe making out with Young Gravy next year. I could see it. Just kidding. I can't. Anyway, moving on. Bruh. 
Britney Spears is constantly getting stronger than the day before, constantly stronger than yesterday. And today is no motherfucking exception because Britney Spears decided that she doesn't need Oprah. She doesn't need the news. She doesn't need the Maori show. She is going to tell her full story by herself. First of all, that's crazy because she could have gotten so much money from Oprah. It could have been a whole thing. But I honestly think that's so fucking cool that she doesn't care if it's a big spectacle. For one, she doesn't want something to be a big spectacle. She just wants everyone to know her true story. She doesn't need to do it on Oprah for another episode of television. You know, her life has been an episode of television enough, exploited enough. So she just decided to tell her full story the other day and kind of reveal everything that she had left to tell about her family. This was like the final bomb drop on the family. And now she really doesn't have anything else to reveal to Oprah or anything. But she put out a 22-minute video on YouTube, the old-fashioned way. I love that she did that. She, like, sat down and, like, uploaded the video and waited for it to upload and process. And that's so funny that she did that. But she was kind of just telling the whole story of the conservatorship and how awful her family truly is to her. And how even though that now she's free, it's still very unsettling to her. So... Basically, the story of why she got into her conservatorship that the world was told is that she was on drugs um, kind of throughout that whole period of 2007 when she like shaved her head off. She was, you know, on drugs, having like panic attacks and like nervous breakdowns. And then there was one night that she was on many drugs and not letting her kids out of her house because Kevin was there to pick them up. And then she wouldn't leave and give Kevin his share of the custody with the kids. Cops came to her house and took her away and took her into a 5150 uh, psych evaluation. And that's when she was put into the conservatorship. But apparently that's not what happened at all in reality, which is a gag to me, like bomb drop. I wish I had a sound effect thing. Bomb motherfucking drop. Because I truly believe that narrative my whole life. That, you know, she really did have some kind of breakdown that night. But no. One day, she was just talking to her doctor to get her medication re-prescribed to her in 2007. I'm not sure exactly what medication she was on, but nothing crazy. She was just talking to her doctor to get her medication prescribed. And she was casually talking to him in a British accent that day. And the day before, her dad spoke to the doctor to basically write out some report or some request for more tests on Britney and to get her locked up in a psych ward or something because right after she spoke to the doctor that day she came home and then three days later a SWAT team was at her house with 500 paparazzis out there I'm sure not 500 but that's what she said a lot of paparazzis out there and she was held down in a in a gurney outside of her house going to the hospital and she had no idea what was going on but apparently it was a setup that her dad made the doctor order for her they literally killed me. They threw me away. Then four hours later, there were over 200 paparazzi outside my house videotaping me through a window of an ambulance holding me down. Brittany says it was all a setup. I know now it was all premeditated. And a woman introduced the idea to my dad and my mom actually helped him follow through and made it all happen. There was no drugs in my system, no alcohol, nothing. It was pure abuse. Um... So the whole thing was a lie. 
She had no drugs in her system at all. And it was just pure abuse. The whole thing was a complete setup. She said she didn't deserve it because she wasn't crazy. The only like crazy thing she would do back in the day in 2007 was kind of mess around with the paparazzi. And we've seen those hilarious videos of Britney with the paparazzi. She had so much fun hitting them with the umbrella. She had so much fun talking to them in a British accent. But what we saw, that was the craziest thing she was doing where everyone thought there was more going on. There wasn't anything going on. Not at all. So she did not deserve this at all. It was premeditated by her dad who got the idea from a lawyer that he knew. And the mom was on board because they wanted to control her and her money. So they talked to the doctor to set it up where they could easily, with their lawyers and all their power and everything, get her in a conservatorship based on what the doctor would say about her. Um, And then the craziest thing, the first day of Britney's conservatorship, her dad said to her, quote, I'm Britney Spears and I'm calling the shots. He like snatched her identity. He was trying to steal Britney Spears' identity. And really he was her because now he had full control over her. But that's some movie supervillain shit. That's some evil, evil uh, Mojo Jojo, um, Maleficent, just the evilest of villains thing. Like, uh, like a cartoon evil, like, that's insane he's fucking crazy and in this speech britney said she didn't even know if she wanted to tell this story because she didn't even know if anyone would believe her because it sounds so crazy and she just didn't think anyone would believe her but i fully believe her i fully stand with britney i completely believe her her dad set up this whole thing she said her whole life he was so abusive to her and her brother she said he was on football and he would be so tough on him and like bully him growing up and was so emotionally abusive to her and her sister, Jamie Lynn and her brother. And then right after he got her in the conservatorship, he made her get right to work, you know, cause he could finally enact his plan of being Britney Spears and making her do anything he wanted to. He was literally like dance for me monkey, like some evil shit. He said he would call her. She said he would call her fat all the time and made her want to diet and lose weight and told her that she was nothing. She said, quote, I felt so demoralized. I've never felt so demoralized. They made me feel like nothing. How sad that Brittany has to sit in her house and record this audio because she doesn't want to do it on Oprah and she doesn't want the media to twist her words. She just wants to say it in her own words. And she has to say this because her family's so evil. Just picture being by yourself in like a quiet room recording this video that you're going to send out to the whole world and not even knowing if people will believe you. That takes some guts. And I respect Brittany so much and I feel for her. She said that she had to go along with anything her dad said because she knew they could hurt me. That's so crazy. And the whole world has kind of been reeling from this information for the past two days. I'm sure Oprah's pissed because now there's nothing for her to talk about on her show. You know, Oprah gets everyone. Oprah gets all the good tea. So she doesn't get Britney, but all the fans are going crazy online. People finally know all the information right from day one that the conservator started that we never even knew how the thing really started. And now we know, we know the whole story. She even mentioned that there was some tea in Vegas that happened with her family. She said that she knew her Vegas shows were bad, but she didn't give a fuck. Sometimes I would watch her Vegas shows and I would be like, yeah, she could definitely be doing a little better, doing some better dancing 
working the stage more live singing but sometimes i thought they were good she just said she didn't really give a fuck anymore and one day they were rehearsing for her vegas show and they she told them that she didn't want to do a certain dance move because she just didn't want to so they leave her alone in a room and then come back and tell her that they're going to send her to a facility because she disobeyed them. And they made her post on her Instagram that the reason she's at this facility was because her dad is sick and she had to go spend time with him. I went to one of the rehearsals and I said no to a dance move. And the next day I was told that I was, had to be sent away to a facility and that I was supposed to say on my Instagram the reason why is because my dad is sick. I'm honestly more angry at my mom because I heard when reporters would call her, she would go innocently hide in the house and she wouldn't speak up. It was always like, I don't know what to say. I just don't want to say the wrong thing. We're praying for her. I honestly deserve an award for acting like I was okay every day. I thought they were trying to kill me. And her dad was on the phone with her and he said, you don't have to go to the facility if you don't want to, but... If you don't go to the facility, we will go to court and you will lose. I have more people on my side and I have control over you. Fucking crazy. Sentence him to death. Death. Wendy Williams was right. No one can deny that at this point. Fire everyone. Escape now, Brittany. That's what she did. Imagine going to the mental health facility and you just like see Britney Spears at lunchtime in between her Vegas sets. What a gag. Brittany, like, what are you in for? disobeying my dad and someone else is like oh i just murdered someone anyway she said that she had no money no rights no privacy she would have to shower with someone in the room change naked in front of someone as a grown ass woman she would have to give six vials of blood every day they would monitor what she eats she was spilling all the tea she said how did they get away with that what the fuck did i do to deserve that she said the most hurtful part of the whole thing was that her fans and strangers that she didn't even know were fighting for her out in the streets and protesting but her mom and her sister did nothing she said her mom was so complacent she was in on the whole thing but the dad was the one really calling the shots but her mom knew and she did nothing she said i cared so much about my career and my craft down to each rhinestone i would put on my outfits for my shows she really put her everything into this empire that she built for herself just for her family to do this to her she said, and they literally killed me. That's how she feels, what they did to her. And I agree. They took away all her freedom. They made her act like a robot, kind of. She had to function as like a sim. And they were controlling her with the remote and, and telling her what she could do. She said that she de deserves an award for acting like she was okay every day. Because she thought they were literally trying to fucking kill her. One day they wouldn't even give her her inhaler when she couldn't breathe she said quote i feel victimized i'm sharing this to let people know they aren't alone how can i get through this if i don't talk about it when i need to if you're an oddball introvert like me and just needed to hear a story like this today to know you aren't alone you aren't alone my life has been far from easy her mom had a whole response to this that she sent out to the news and she said Brittany, your whole life I've tried my best to support your dreams and wishes, and also I have tried my best to help you out of hardships. I have never and will never turn my back on you. False lies. Lies of Benelli. She continued and said, your rejections to the countless times I have flown out and calls make me feel hopeless. She owes you nothing. You trapped her in her house and made her change naked in front of weird men in her room. She owes you nothing. Fuck you, Lynn Spears, or whatever the fuck your name is. 
She said, I've tried everything. I love you so much. Lies. But I, but this talk is for you and me only, eye to eye, in private. Oh, that would have been lovely for Brittany to go through everything she went through privately. You don't get that luxury, Lynn Spears. You can have the luxury of being numbed before you get euthanized. Anyway, what can we learn from this situation from Britney Spears' whole conservatorship story, looking back on it now, now that we know everything? You can have everything in the world, but if you don't have people there by your side who love you like a real family, everything can feel like nothing without people to share it with and people that truly love you because people that love you are going to fulfill you no amount of career success or material things. You can have it all, but it could feel like nothing. And unfortunately, the more you have, the more money you have, the more people want something from you. So you need to scope out the people in your real life who are there for you, who are real and wouldn't get close enough to you just to cause you harm if they had the access. So don't let anyone get close enough to you in your life if they would only want to to cause you harm if they so had the access. You need some real ass bitches and real people that you love, whether it be family or your friends, because not always blood is your true family to share your life with. And that's what's going to make you truly fulfilled and rich. As It Was by Harry Styles is back at number one. Nikki had a good run that one week with Super Freak Girl at number one. Good for her. This is As It Was 11th week at number one, which is good because Harry has been really going through it lately from offending gay people and getting dragged for it, offending the Michael Jackson fans, someone on TikTok making a conspiracy theory video about the fact that he's bald and it getting like 4 million views. That was me. I did make that video. And then after I made it, I was like, ah, oh, I really kicked him while he was down, didn't I? I shouldn't have done that this week. <laughs> Felt kind of bad, but at the same time, he kind of deserved it. Go watch that TikTok if you have not. It was really good. And now there's drama with the new movie he is in. And the drama is crazy. The making of the movie is a whole movie within itself. They truly could make this a movie, like in movie Inception. So he's going to star in the new film, Don't Worry Darling. That's going to be out September 23rd. Harry has two movies coming in the next few months. Okay, box office king making that shmoney at the theaters. Don't Worry Darling is going to star Florence Plue. Florence Plue. She's going to play Alice, the female lead. She's from Midsommar. And it was going to star Shia LaBeouf as the male lead playing Jack. Then right before they started filming it, it was announced that Shia LaBeouf was fired from the film by Olivia Wilde, who is directing the film and who is now, if you don't know, Harry Styles' girlfriend, his older woman. So she fired Shia LaBeouf because of his aggressive attitude that was making it hard for him to work with the other actors on set. 
I mean, that's not surprising by Shia LaBeouf. If people did a bad take, was he like, just do it, do it, like a thousand times, he'd be a terrible director. She said, his process was not conductive to the ethos that I demand in my productions. He has a process that, in some ways, seems to require a combative energy. And I personally don't believe that it's conducted to the best performances. Basically, that's the PR way to say it. What she's really saying is he's an asshole bitch. And she had to fire him. He's aggressive. And he just had bad vibes, is what she's saying. Why can't people just say that in Hollywood? Why did you fire Shia LaBeouf? He, he had bad vibes. Bye. I would get it. I, I would accept that press statement. She continued, I believe that creating a safe, trusting environment is the best way to get people to do their best work. Ultimately, my responsibility is to the production and to the cast to protect them. That was my job. So let me translate that again. He was literally making everyone uncomfortable because he's a fucking freak. Freaky McFreaker freak freak. We wanted him gone. Then she continued and said, I have no asshole policy. See, I like how blatant she's putting it there. It puts everyone on the same level. I do not have a no asshole policy. I have a just asshole policy. I think no asshole policy is homophobic. Only assholes. I'm kidding. I'm kidding. Shia has like a past of abuse. Um, if you don't know. FKA Twigs, who is Shia LaBeouf's ex, accused Shia of sexually and physically assaulting her and battering her and knowingly giving her a sexually transmitted disease in a lawsuit. That is some hardcore shit. That is some evil, knievel, diabolical, devious behavior who really should go to prison in the sex offender unit of a federal prison forever. But then tables turned and said, he said, Shia LaBeouf said that Olivia Wilde is a liar and he was not fired from this movie. He quit. He quit. He did not get fired because he quit. And Olivia was lying to everyone. He said he quit the film due to a lack of rehearsal time. And then he exposed his emails that he sent to Olivia to the whole world. And he said, you and I both know the reasons for my exit. I quit your film because your actors and I couldn't find time to rehearse. I know that you are beginning your press run for Don't Worry Darling and that the news of my firing is attractive clickbait as I am still persona non grata and may remain as such for the rest of my life. Persona non grata, that's iconic that he said that. I, I guess that's just a way of saying I'm a canceled bitch because he really is canceled. Like the internet hates him. So any press against him, I guess is good press for the movie. He continued, but speaking of my daughter i often think about the news articles she will read when she is literate unless she's like leah michelle she will never be literate her parents are still waiting on her to be literate he continued and though i owe and will owe for the rest of my life i only owe for my actions firing me never took place olivia and while i fully understand the attractiveness of pushing the story because of my current social landscape and social currency that brings it is not the truth 
So I'm humbly asking as a person with an eye towards making things right that you correct the narrative as best you can. And I hope none of this negatively affects you and that your film is successful in all the ways that you want it to be. The way that I just know he typed out that email in 12 hours. Like he took his time writing that fucking email to make it as polite but as passive aggressive and direct as he possibly could. He That was a masterpiece of an email. That was a Shakespearean email truly finished her eloquently and beautifully Shia LaBeouf I still think he's trash but truly finished her flawlessly he smacked her across the face without raising a finger then he finished her even more because he released a video that Olivia sent him of her seemingly saying please don't quit the movie I want you to rethink your decision I feel like I'm not ready to give up on this yet and I too am heartbroken and I want to figure this out and you know I think this might be a bit of a wake-up call for Miss Flo and I want to know if you're open to giving this a shot with me with us if she really commits if she really puts her her mind and heart into it at this point and if you guys can make peace and I respect your point of view I respect hers but if you guys can do it what do you think is there hope? Is there hope? Will you let me know? So I guess he really did quit. Insane. He finished her. Exposed her. Brought her down. Finished her. What are you guys going to wear to the Olivia Wilde is over party? I think I'm going to wear stockings. He ended her. He really exposed the truth. He said, the world moves on another day, another drama. But not for me. All I think about is karma. And then the world moves on, but one thing's for sure. Maybe I got mine, but you'll all get yours. He said that to Olivia. And guess who replaced him in the movie eventually? Harry Styles. And then guess who Olivia announced she is in a relationship with a few months later? Harry Styles. So now Harry's with this girl who's like getting canceled right now. This woman who's getting canceled right now. Should we warn him? Should someone hold up a sign at his concert that says, Harry, I think you're with the wrong woman. Should we make him see something he can't see? He will read that sign. He reads every sign at his concert. I don't know. Shia really ended her. She has yet to clap back after the video, but she doesn't really have anything to say. There's a lot of bad press going on with this movie. If you guys don't know, Olivia Wilde was talking about the movie at CinemaCon. And being so petty, Jason Sudeikis, her ex, planned to make someone hand her the envelope to negotiate their custody agreement while she was on stage at a press conference promoting the movie. So she was on stage, like, giving a TED Talk-like-esque thing. Just imagine that with the crowd full and someone walks on stage randomly, completely unprofessionally, and just hands her an envelope that says personal and confidential. And she opened it on stage because she thought it was a part of the script or she thought something was going on. She opened it and saw that it was custody paperwork that Jason Sudeikis planned to hand her. He's absolutely insane. This movie, like, I just want a full documentary about all the tea that has gone on between making this movie. I don't even want the movie anymore that's not the real drama that's not the real story and here we need what truly happened everything leading up to this movie we have breakups relationships custody agreements harry styles getting in the mix then getting with a new woman florence plu getting mad at shia labeouf 
so much going on. But the new cast is Florence Plew and Harry Styles, and it's going to be out September 23rd. So maybe go see it, but there's a lot to worry about. Darling. Well, thank you guys for listening today at Pop Culture University. I hope you had some fun getting the tea and maybe learning something here and there. Cute little life lessons to pick up on. Um, thank you guys for all the love you sent me about longer episodes and how you like them. And you'd be excited for them and you can listen to me ramble. I thought they were funny and cute and I definitely can make longer episodes. Most of the times I'm just telling myself to shut the fuck up and move on with the show. So the fact that I can ramble freely a little bit, I love. So thank you guys supporting me in my ADHD rambles. I just hit 1.8 million on TikTok right before I start to film this episode. I'm so thankful we're 1.8, but I can't stop thinking about 2 million. I feel like such a TikTok baddie when I get to that number. So maybe share it with your friends. Let people know. Um, yeah, and I'm just so thankful for y'all. I want you to look where you are right now and just look at yourself. Think about what you're wearing, what you look like currently what you see when you look in the mirror right at this moment, no adjustments made how you're sitting there listening. And I want you to know that how you are right now is enough. No adjustments have to be made. How you're sitting right now perfectly. Nothing has to be changed. You are enough. Always have been enough. If anyone doesn't think you're enough, they are factually wrong. You're perfect the way you are. I know it's hard to understand that sometimes and get that sometimes, but when you believe that how you are at any given moment is enough, that's just the best and the most true way to think. And all of my listeners are perfect and icons and bad bitches and sexy and hot and know what's going on in the world. So thank you guys again for listening. I still don't know what I'm going to wear to my Lil Nas X concert. I have no idea. I'm like not like a fashionista like that. I feel like if I chose my own outfit like really quickly before the show, I would end up looking like Ashley Tisdale from 2006 with all those horrible layers or Zendaya from Shake It Up era. Not Zendaya 2022. Zendaya circa 2012. No one wants to see that shit. I don't know. I like putting fake tattoos on my body. So I kind of want to do a fake tattoo leg sleeve and then cute tight shorts. And I just don't know what else on the top. I want to look cute and sexy, but at the same time, I don't want to give people too much. You know, you can pay for my OnlyFans if you want to see that. I don't currently have an OnlyFans, but I really would make one. Would you guys make an OnlyFans? Someone in my family made an OnlyFans, but they only sell feet pictures. And they have one really loyal supporter. That has given them like $300 for like private photos of their feet. And she's only getting money from him. She hasn't cashed it out yet because she's nervous for some reason. My cousin who I'm talking about, just she's such like an introvert and plays it safe that she does little things like this for the thrill of it. She's not even doing OnlyFans for the money. She's doing it for the thrill of strangers seeing her feet. She's iconic. I I don't know if you're listening to this cousin, but I, I love you and you're iconic. I don't know if I do an OnlyFans. I definitely wouldn't do like full nudie, but I definitely do something. But yeah, I'm not giving people a free fucking show at Lil Nas X. That's for Lil Nas X to do and for us to enjoy. 
monkeypox cases everywhere are going down, so that's exciting. I'm constantly convinced that I still have it because I'm a hypochondriac freak. Anytime I have a little headache, I'm like, monkeypox is coming. It's taking over my body. I'm going to wake up with it tomorrow. But no, I don't have it yet. Fingers crossed. Hopefully you don't have it either. I'm sorry if you do. But yeah, cases are going down. New York, they're going down. Hopefully all over America next. I'm still getting that second shot though. Apparently it really is mostly an STD. They said 50% of the cases are from random hookups. Like damn, not only do you have to have monkey packs in those spots on your body, but everyone has to know you had a random hookup. Damn, this is a disease straight from Satan's asshole himself. So I'm glad it's going away. One less fucking problem to worry about. That gives me hope too, that not every sickness is going to turn into a pandemic. So let's hope that doesn't fucking happen. Still to say, safe out there. Clean your phone case. Wash your hands all the time. Wash your face all the time. Because you never know when the next nasty illness is going to try to invade your personal bubble. So yeah, I'll let you guys go for now. But I hope you have an amazing week. You're enough just the way you are. I love you. And I will see you on Friday. Okay, bye. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.